0: Join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the table. Last week, we took a week off, and that was pre-planned. And yet, in light of everything that's unfolded in our nation within the last couple of weeks, it was like that was preordained. And there, was, there comes a time when... There's a lot of words being spoken and uh, it's not time for speaking so much as, as listening. And the table's back open today and we're going to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to have today, uh, honored to have Bishop Kyle Searcy. He is uh, uh, pastor of Fresh Anointing House of Worship, and just met Kyle a couple, yesterday. Uh, we're right, recording yesterday, Ford. Yes, sir. And Kyle, welcome to Redemption's Table.
1: Love the name of your show, and uh, thank you so much. I'm honored to be on it. Uh, honored to have you here.
0: I have been reaching out to my brothers and sisters in Christ, and here's where I am. Uh, I am lamenting. I am praying and I am listening. Yeah. You know, if, if I walked into your office and, and we, you know, known each other before now and and those words, you know, I'm listening. My ears are wide open. What do I need to hear?
1: Hmm. Well, there's an old Cherokee saying that says, if you don't listen to the whispers, you'll hear the screams. And I think in some uh, instances in this nation, there's been a few people whose whispers have not been heard. They raised their voice a little bit more and it wasn't heard. And now we're beginning to hear the screams. And unfortunately, those screams begin to give birth to other things that are not so positive. I think where we are right now, uh, there are things that started over the death of George Floyd. And that was certainly catalytic. But in some cases, it's gone beyond that. Uh, I think when these things happen, it just reopens wounds that have not been healed, that are slightly scabbed. So what we need to hear is how our brothers, sisters and friends are doing who don't have the same um, access that we have, responsibility that we have. You know, it's very easy when COVID-19 broke out. uh, It was those people over in Wuhan, China or did are dealing with a virus. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope they're gonna be all right. Then it came to Seattle, I remember that. And it's, oh man, those people up there in Seattle, I hope they're gonna be all right. Then lo and behold, it came to a city near us. And then it's, oh man, I hope I don't get it. Our behavior did not start changing until we had to live in a world where it was right next door. And I think sometimes we can be so far removed from what it's like to be in a different place. And we we just, settled on the fact that, hey, there's a level playing field. People in America can have anything they want. We don't understand that there are still some barriers, some uh, issues, some injustices that happen in America. I, one of my, my CFO, my CFO of our church is a Fortune 500 accountant. And he told me a story just a few minutes ago. <laughs> I hope you guys are ready for this one. It's back in 1973. It's not now. It's just many years ago. But um, he lived in Birmingham, Alabama, and he uh, used to like uh, he used to like white girls, and white girls used to like him. In fact, they pursued him more than he did them. And he was sitting in a parking lot in the car, those two black guys, and there were two white girls in the car next door. Somebody in the diner called the police, and they picked him up, locked him up, put him in handcuffs, took him into the station, and they surrounded him with about 12 to 15 cops, uh, Mm-hmm. They took his wallet. They found a picture of one of the girls in the wallet. They cursed him out. They said to him, if I ever catch you talking or looking at a white girl again, I will kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things happen in America in 73. Mm-hmm. This is a CFO. This, he wasn't back then, but an intelligent guy. So those kind of things happen, is my point. Yeah. They happen in 73, and they don't happen as much now. I, I, would, I would wager that. They don't happen as much now. A lot of things have changed. But he told me that story today. And it, it, I, I was like, what? I grew up in New York City. I wasn't exposed to that. I was like, what? Are you kidding? In 1973? Uh, then my son, I was talking to him last night, and he told me how one day he was walking down the street in our neighborhood. And uh, he got pulled over walking and just got kind of harassed and really, but he lives in a neighborhood. He, he grew up in this community. Um, and he just felt, why are you bothering me, man? I'm not doing anything. I'm just walking down the street. So those kind of things that happened. Uh, and we're, we're just talking about police. I, by the way, I love police. I, there are some great police. I, I don't envy them. They do a great job. Uh, they lay down their lives. They don't make a lot of money. Uh, it's a tough job. It's almost like pastoring, my friend. Yeah. You almost can't win. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you get called for a DV case, and you're trying to help this lady, and you put handcuffs on her man, and she starts beating you up, saying, don't you hurt my you – know, it's, it's a tough job. Okay, so I, I, am, not, I am not against law enforcement. I love our police officers, but my point is, there are people that have had uh, several things that they feel like knocked them down. Now, mm-hmm. whether that's realistic or not, it's not even my issue right now because I've learned perception is reality. And if if we're not able to walk in their shoes, then it, it's, you know, you know, we don't understand. Uh, the mayor's press conference, and I'm, I'm going along, I'm finished with this, mayor's press conference The other day I heard two young men tell him at his press conference after it said, Listen, we we work. He he was him and his friend, he said, We work. We don't do anything. He said, I got a car with some big rims on it. But I pulled up at the gas station to just get gas. And man, three cops came on me, drew their weapons, got me out of the car, put my hands behind my back, searched. They just we we didn't we're not drug dealers just because we got rims. He said, I don't have no license, but (laughs) I'm not a drug dealer. So he was he was saying to the mayor, Mayor. This happens to us all the time. He said, when I come to your side of town, I have a good time, but in my side of town, I'm always profiled. Uh, it's like I never feel like eyes are not on me. I've never committed a crime in my life. So my point is, there are people that have experiences that you and I are, are, are not as familiar with, that you and I uh, don't have every day. And, and, and it, it's almost like those people in Wuhan, uh, but we need to be in Wuhan with those people. In other words, figure out what it's like to walk in their shoes so what we need to listen to first of all is the stories and the heartbeat uh and the issues and i don't know what's wrong with me today man you're pulling something out of me because i hardly ever talk this long but i I remember another incident of uh this guy was either a lawyer or a politician he was a very high up guy uh very well respected very wealthy and he was walking out of a hotel He didn't have a suit on that day, just walking out of a hotel to go get a walk. And some guy, some white guy gets out of a car and looks at him and said, hey, dude, would you get those bags for me and bring them in? Mm. You know, you just Mm. assume he's the bad guy because, you know, so those kind of things just you hear stories like that and those things cut deep. And we need to we need to hear those stories. We need to understand what it's like come up with plausible solutions yeah how about i be quiet for a coffee you're
0: great yeah (laughs) yeah, i was thinking about a pastor uh acquaintance and of of mine in birmingham alabama and i heard him tell the story uh, about a week and a half ago he and his wife were down in orlando disney world and they were staying in a neighborhood and they were just out walking and suddenly uh, a helicopter started stalking them from above and all of a sudden boom Police you know, surrounded them and separated them. And the wife was in one police car; he was in the other. And it was just because they there was had something had happened there within the last day or two, and they fit the profile, is how he put it. But as he told his story, you know, just like, oh my goodness, uh, you
1: yeah. you know, I've never had that something yeah. like that happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I've hardly had it happen either growing up in New York till I was 11, came to Tuskegee uh, at 11 or 12 and then went to Alabama state. Um, and you know, I, yes. Yeah, so, but, but there are people who live in a different world. So I think we need to hear their stories. And um, that's what that meeting was about that you were at yesterday. We mm-hmm. want to gather people together and hear their stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, and I was telling you yesterday morning, I, uh, I participated in a prayer group based out of Washington D.C. about 300 people in a Zoom prayer, and I just felt prompted yesterday by God's Spirit to go to Court Square Fountain. It's this—it was where, in Montgomery, Alabama, the city's slave market was there on that artesian well, and I was just planning on going there that day and pray. And then lo and behold, I get a email about two, three hours saying that there was going to be a pastor's press conference. And you were, uh, you, you kicked us off at that press conference. So that's where you and I met, but it was kind of like it yesterday had God written all over it as far as, putting us together but allowing me to be a part I preach at a church south of Montgomery down in Hope Hall and just to be a part of that and and just I appreciate what you did and what you said and the approach the leadership is taking pastoral leadership and leading the way and hitting a situation coming at it head on you know Montgomery has a unique history how you've been here 20 how many how many years in Montgomery
1: Uh, 30 738
0: something like that wow and so you know you know montgomery has a very unique history it's been the birthplace of a lot of movements and ideologies i mean that have affected our nation for hundreds of years how do you see the importance of montgomery's role in such a time as now in our response in, in
1: like setting an example before the whole nation Well, Montgomery certainly has that mantle. Uh, Movements have come out of the city that have affected the entire earth more times than one. Uh, The telegram to start the Civil War was sent from Montgomery, Alabama. Mm -hmm. The first White House of the Confederacy was in Montgomery, Alabama. Rosa Parks stood up uh, and launched a bus boycott in Montgomery. Martin Luther King pastored in Montgomery. Uh, So over and over again, we have Montgomery, Alabama being a flashpoint city that brings about change. It doesn't just bring awareness, brings about literal, actual change. Mm-hmm. So uh, I believe that certain geographic areas have mantles. Uh, I really do believe that, you know, you, you, when you look in scripture at Jesus talking about different cities, it seems like different cities literally have different destinies and different judgments. Woe unto you, Corazon and Bethsaida. You know, the, the scripture is very interesting with that. Uh, Acts 17, I think it is, it talks about the destiny of nations. So uh, I do believe that there are redemptive purposes in geographic areas. I really do. There's some areas that have had revival years ago, and we can redig those wells. Uh, uh, There's some areas that, unfortunately, uh, there's so much innocent blood spilled, and the land is tainted. That land needs to be redeemed again, and so forth. So I do believe in Montgomery there is a a, a justice mantle, Mm -hmm. but it's not just a justice mantle. It's actually a righteousness and justice mantle. It's what makes me feel like this city is very close to the heart of God. The scripture says righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And what we typically have is the pri- pri- primarily white-led church focuses pretty strong on justice, mm-hmm. a real justice mindset, justice mantle. Uh, same-sex marriage is wrong, abortion is wrong, right and wrong. That's a real focus. The black-led church seems to focus more on justice. Well, that's unjust and people can't be treated that way. But righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. He's not one or the other. God hates injustice and he hates unrighteousness. But we tend to kind of focus on one side or the other and and we're mad at the guy who focuses a little bit more on the other side. Uh, So we don't understand how somebody can compromise righteousness for justice issues. I understand that you care about the poor, but how can you compromise blatant things in the word about murder and about. Uh, 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 lifestyles that are wrong. How do you compromise that? And they're saying, well, how do you compromise not caring for the people who are disenfranchised, not having a justice orientation toward people who don't, uh, who are not treated the way you are. That has to come together and it's righteousness and justice together. And that's what Montgomery has. Montgomery has a righteousness and justice mantle. Here's Brian, um, uh, legacy, the Legacy Museum, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, with with a major justice initiative right now, where people are coming from all over the world to come to its legacy, legacy Museum and uh, be reminded of how uh, justice can happen and just and, and mercy can be released. But again, there is a righteousness mantle on really on the state of Alabama. There's a righteous mantle on the state of Alabama, and Montgomery has a real justice mantle that that is founded on a righteousness mantle. So all of that history does mean that there is authority in this city that things that emerge from this city can affect the nation and yay maybe the world so I do think it's very important and I was really proud of our uh, city uh, because the protests that have come here even though they were intended to be very bad we had a lot of young leaders in the city not pastors not mayors I mean the guy the community people in this city uh, waved them down said no 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 we don't want you to do that in this city. We've got good things going on here. We've got a mayor who's listening to us. We have city councilmen who want to hear from us. We have a good police chief. We have a good sheriff. So we, we don't want you to bring that here. And they, they held that off. Uh, they held off some pending trouble that could have happened in the city. So um, God has favored Montgomery. And I think that something can come out of here that could be a model to many. Yeah.
0: Along the lines of Charleston, South Carolina, and perhaps. Exactly. Um, when I when Ahmad Arbery, that circumstance came, his murder came out into the open. Uh, a few days afterwards, I watched a documentary on the Mother Emmanuel Church, mm. and just for you know, just watched how all that unfolded and forgiveness and mercy defused. Plus, they had b- done a lot of groundwork before that ever happened. And uh, do you see
1: that same thing in Montgomery? I do, but I see something else happening. Um, you know, we were, plan- we're, we were planning and still may do it on getting together with community leaders. We wanted to hear their voice. But I just, before this interview, got a, uh, got a public announcement from our mayor that he is actually planning to hold a forum with the leaders uh, of the movement, the leaders of the protests so that he can hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And if that's effective enough and efficient enough, we're going we just, we may just get behind his efforts uh, because what we want to model in this city is true reconciliation, true care, true justice. Uh, and um, we want to model something that actually makes a difference. So whether it comes from our political leader with faith-based backing him or comes from faith-based where our political leaders brought in, all I care about is that the people of the city know we hear them, know we love them, know we want we want to understand what's on their mind, and uh, we want to help them make a difference yeah. in their lives, and that's happening.
0: Dr. Robert Smith, uh, at Beeson Divinity School, professor of preaching there, uh, uh, he's been on the podcast and he talked about how if we don't have a skin problem; it's a sin problem, and. Correct. I believe uh, that there are three sides happening here and we have an enemy who is, who is, and he does this, he does this in homes. He does this in, you know, races, politics where he's pitting one against the other. He's the third side just, you know, backing up and watching us just waiting to move in. Do you, do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, what's your perspective on that,
1: Kyle? And you're, you're talking about Satan, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, There's no doubt about it. He'll come into any hole he can possibly come into. So I do agree it's not necessarily a skin problem. It's a sin problem. You know, as I was praying about some of what's happening, um, I don't want to sound simplistic, but this is a part of it. Uh, One of the areas my mind focused on was Matthew chapter 24, and I believe the Lord gave me this. Matthew 24 is a very interesting verse where, Disciples came to Jesus and said when shall these things be you're talking about Mm -hmm. sign of your coming the end of the world And he begins to say first of all take heed that no one deceives you Mm -hmm. All right, because there'll be many false Christ coming in my name saying I am he do not follow and then he said this See that you be not troubled Do not be troubled because these things must come to pass then he goes on to say there'll be wars and rumors of wars then he said nation shall rise up against nation. That word nation uh, and kingdom against kingdom, that word nation is not like America and Britain or America and North Korea. It's the word ethnos in Greek, mm-hmm. yeah. which means ethnic group. And he said ethnic group will rise against ethnic group, kingdom against kingdom. He distinguishes those two. Kingdom against kingdom is clear. That's nations, ethnic group against ethnic group. But he said, these things must be, these things will come to pass. So uh, to me, division is a fruit of fallen humanity. And if we get rid of the black and white problem, if you and I could wave a wand and every black and white person would love each other and respect each other, we'd never have have an incident again. If we did that, then what are we going to do about the the Hutus, Hutus and Tutsis? What are we going to do about the, uh, the Shiites and the Sunnis? What are we going to do about the classes and the 1% and the other? In other words, a fruit of fallen humanity is division, but when it's in the church, that's when it's an atrocity. So, um, Uh, racism should not exist classism should not exist none of those things should exist but uh, telling unredeemed people to act as redeemed people uh, it's not something that's even plausible so uh, do we do we are we in the nationalism where we want to heal our nation or do we want to heal souls and by Mm -hmm. souls being healed perhaps our nation becomes more healed so the church needs to check its racist meter The church needs to check its divisive meter. What Pentecost was all about was about uh, a bunch of people finally beginning to hear each other. It's about everybody beginning to speak a language that everybody can understand. It's about 120 people that stayed in a room when 380 people left the room. There were 500 to begin with, 380 left the room, 120 people stayed. And there's some people today that need to stay in the room and speak loud enough so we can all hear one another's language and emerge in a place of unity and glory from the Holy Spirit that can shake the nations of the earth. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's well stated. I do want to ask you this question I love history, uh, I, I appreciate history, and, and I have, you know, I just have a deep appreciation for history. I can walk into a place, I can see a statue. It doesn't matter to me whether it's a Union statue or Confederate statue, I know what it represents, I don't look at that. Statue as anything to worship. I understand the context that it had in history. Um, do you think maybe I'm wondering sometimes? And even with the flag, I, I could see that we do this. That's a symbol of something. Are we turning symbols into idols? Is this a form of idolatry? Uh, because that is a sensitive issue here, especially in the state of Alabama. Uh, in light, I mean, you know, just that's just as current as it gets. Um,
1: you know, I um I want to take you back to scripture where Paul the Apostle said this. He said, I know uh it's not a sin to eat meat. Mm -hmm. He said, I'll I'll throw down on a ham sandwich with you all day long. I, I know it's nothing wrong with it. But he said, if meat makes my brother to offend or offends my brother, as long as the world stands, I will eat no meat. Uh, So there is a Christian principle. Again, I speak to believers. I speak to believers. There's a Christian principle that says when something is very offensive, then you, you know, you watch out for the offense of other people or or the weakness of other people that may not have the same knowledge base that you do. Perhaps that could be a guiding principle behind uh, even historical things that have been very painful. Uh, it's a little bit different to have, a, you know. I, I've been to Israel a number of times, and the Holocaust is something that no Jewish person wants to forget. And it's one thing to have um, a, a museum and commemoration, uh, but the majority of the, the, the vast majority of German citizens are uh, they 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 they, uh, they loathe their history. Uh, they're deeply repentant about that history, so they don't necessarily. Um, uh, they don't necessarily what's the word, you know, they, you, you don't find a swastika mm-hmm. uh, hanging from many different places. So my answer is only to believers. Uh, as another believer, I think that uh, we may even be able to honor things in our heart that might be value to us from a historical standpoint or whatever, whatever that looks like. I'm not even judging that with anybody but I think we do have a responsibility in some ways to be our brother's keeper mm-hmm. and to govern ourselves according to what our brothers might be thinking and feeling. That's a Christian principle. And again, I want to be very clear. I speak to believers as I answer that. Yeah.
0: Thank you for that. I think there can be a certain amount of thoughtlessness or just, you know, you're for somebody like myself who grew up in you know, white in the state of Alabama. You don't don't question how things are. You just go along with how things are. And last year, I learned in 1619 in Jamestown, the first slave ship arrived in America. I'm curious, and I thought, when when did the Pilgrims arrive on Plymouth Rock? 1620. And something about that just rung a bell with me. It was like a year before the pilgrims, which we celebrate the Puritans arrival there during Thanksgiving. I was just I, that, I don't know, something about that just spoke volumes. And then I've, I have never wondered question until recently, Kyle, you know, why, when I was growing up, there were there certain neighborhoods, but when you stop and consider not only, you know, after emancipation reconstruction, Jim Crow years and all of that that transpired even leading up to now. And it took, you know, a hundred years from the time of the end of that, the war between the States to civil rights. You just, you realize, wow. I don't know. It just, I can't, I can't even voice that well, articulate that well because it's still spinning in my thoughts, but it's, but it's causing, it's causing me to consider things on a deeper level and even deeper still as I share that with you now. I just, I'm just, I'm grateful for, uh, to serve Christ with you. Amen. Uh, and I appreciate so much your leadership. Uh, Thank you, friend. Yeah. Ideally we would be sitting down at a, at a meal. That's how the concept in a lot of the early episodes. We would meet at a restaurant, we'd share a meal, and this would be the, uh, there's, a, there's a word for it, Sober Mesa is the after-dinner conversation, and this would be All the right. after-dinner conversation. So uh, we'll take you out to eat once things get back to where we can actually go to some of these restaurants.
1: All right, I'm going to find the most expensive restaurant around and call you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, again, I thank you for, for Taking the time, I know, especially leading out, you were on the news yesterday. I can imagine maybe your phone rang a few more times today than normal. I don't know. This may be normal for you. Yeah,
1: some days. days.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming to the table. And uh, I'm going to pray that God uses our conversation to begin to turn hearts toward Christ in, in yes. Christ honoring ways. when the pandemic came along one of my prayers at the start of the pandemic was that God would show up in the midst of our pandemic and, and do something in a way that was unmistakably him
1: mm.
0: never having the idea that that may take context or that may that, that prayer may be answered in the context of of a pandemic that was with us long before COVID-19 ever came along.
1: Yeah. I hear that. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, sir. I'm going to tell everybody else bye, and then I'll just closing quick word with you. And uh, for those of you listening, thank you. Keep praying. Keep, keep reach out. Um, let God's spirit use the conversation that Kyle and I just had to be a guide as the conversations that I encourage you, we both encourage you to have. It's important to to be listening, to be praying, to be lamenting, praying, and and listening. And until next week we'll see you back here at the table. God bless you.